You actually got it wrong, Chris. It's actually I know more in my pinky than most people know in their whole body about the NBA. How about that? I'm taking it up even further. How about that? Turn up the heat. And that's why LZ does the show with me because he can match me wit for wit. Hello, LZ Granderson. Hello there, Sedano. And I'm actually with you because you're the fire and I just like to be by it to stay warm. <laughs> um, speaking of fire, I, um, I, uh, I heated something up here a little while ago. I hadn't eaten anything all day. You know, I do these 16-hour fasts. Well, today turned into a 19-hour fast because I was busy doing other stuff. But um, before we get into the Lakers and a big night as Laker basketball returns here to 710 ESPN, um, h- how do you feel about eating breakfast food in the and any time that's not like within breakfast or brunch time. All right. First, this is my philosophy. Okay. There is no breakfast food, lunch food, or dinner food. Okay. There's only food. Okay. That we've been conditioned to eat in our culture at specific times of the day. I I'm with you. Okay. I I'm with you because I just had a bagel, wheat uh-huh. bagel, cream cheese, light cream cheese. Um, and three strips of bacon with a uh, a pomegranate smoothie. Um, and that was my first meal of the day. It still technically was breakfast, I guess. But it was at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, no, that's messed up. You eat breakfast food. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so, I, so I'll eat beans any time of day. Yeah. In the morning, afternoon, dinner, whatever. Doesn't matter. I'll eat bacon any time of day. Okay. But this is going to sound crazy. Breads and pastries, though, I do get a little bit time sensitive about. I do Wait get a, a little bit why, time sensitive. Why Why breads and pastries? Like breads are – now, I, I don't eat bread don't as much know. as I used to, but I usually – my first meal, if I'm going to have a bread, it's going to be with that first meal. The first meal bread is is fine, totally fine. And bread in general, like sliced bread, fine all day. But like a scone, for instance. I can't scone after no, like 11 No, I'm not o'clock. a scone person anyway. <laughs> I feel like scones are just doing too much. Remember when well, Mike and Jamel used to have the show, um, you know, His and Hers? His and Hers. And they yep. had the segment at the end, Doing Too Much. That mm-hmm. I feel like scones are doing too much. Scones are just basically muffins that didn't make it. Right, that got hard. Basically, they got hard. and so they unionize and they try to make it sound as if yeah. they're normal. And we were yeah. supposed to be like this, right? We didn't want to be a muffin. We want to be a scone. Yeah. And it's like going, eh, do you? Doesn't everybody really rather be a muffin? Who is the NBA scone? Who is uh. supposed to be a muffin, which is delicious. Muffins are delicious, but mm-hmm. you know, it didn't turn out the way we wanted to. The career maybe didn't turn out the way we wanted to, and he became a scone, which is still fine. But it's not a muffin. I will go with Jeff Green. Whoa, that is a fantastic pull by you. Jeff Green has been on like 37 teams (laughs) and was uh, like the number five pick in the NBA draft. Wow, that is a fantastic pull by you. And And everyone who signs him up, are all enamored with his considerable skill because they, don't get it twisted. Yeah, they Jeff think, Green can yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Jeff Green is like the the guy. He's the player that when like it, you, I'm gonna equate it to a relationship. Okay. He's the he's the person you get in the relationship and you say to yourself, 
I'll change that person. I'll make oh, sure yes. they get on the right track. They won't cheat on me. Right. <laughs> well, I don't want to make him a cheater, but let's say he's no, got no, like, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, poor whatever habits, it is. Right? Like, he's sloppy. Right. He leaves he's stuff sloppy. on the floor. Right? right. Like, and, right. oh, he won't do that with me. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, exactly. Yeah, that's what Jeff Green is. You know who is also that? Otto Porter. Is that. Otto Porter. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget the junior part. By that's the way, important. Otto Porter Jr. You know who else is yeah. that? Someone who was just with the Lakers most recently. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me yeah. think. Let me think. Let me think. Just with them recently? Yeah. Who? Dion Waiters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dion. Dion had me believing he was going to be playing in the finals for 15 minutes a game. I know. Remember that? We thought <laughs> we, we did. We're like, you know what? Maybe they should be playing Dion Waiters. Maybe they should be playing with Dion Waiters. Right? Create on his own. Yeah. He can look for teammates. They need a creator. Shoot. Rondo's not they playing need a well. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he had like two games early in the bubble and then just went straight scone after that. That was. He went scone after that. So he there went you go. Scone. Um so the Lakers are playing tonight against the Clippers, and I'm already getting tweets from friends uh who follow the show. Uh like Papa Ish says at Sedano, mm-hmm. you know we Lake Show fans are not gonna hear the end of it if the Clippers win tonight, LOL. Now, do you th- there's no way the Clipper fans are gonna see Not here. hear the end of it. No. You don't think Clipper fans are going to take a preseason game all that seriously, do you? Let me tell you, the teams that celebrate the preseason know they ain't bringing it in the postseason. That's those teams. Mm -hmm. Clippers is not one of those teams. Clippers are not going to be celebrating a postseason win, nor would they be deliberating a a preseason loss tonight. Right. They they just won't, especially considering AD and LeBron are not even playing. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't buy that for a second. I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I know that the but, now. By the way, I I do think that the the fact that the preseason is beginning with the Lakers and Clippers, and also the regular season will begin uh, with the Cl- the Clippers and the Lakers, I think is a smart move by the NBA because you're going to get this city energized in mm-hmm. in a way that. Look, it hasn't been, right? Because we didn't get the matchup we thought we were going to get, and it just adds the intrigue of, okay, what's going to be different? Now, granted, it won't. none of it's going to matter because we're not. the barometer isn't the regular season and certainly not the damn preseason. But I do think it gets the juices flowing. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I just finished, you know, a couple hours ago, uh, a piece where Ty Lue and I um, had a nice long conversation. And one of the things that I wanted to know was how important was this game? <laughs> and it was just kind of like a snicker. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Because we all know that while we're just excited to see ball, period. Right. Obviously, anytime you get to see the Lakers, you get excited. We know this is not an important game in the larger picture. This is an important game for, like, Taylor. This is yeah. an important game for him. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be an important game for Ty Lue in terms of working on some plays and working on some kinks and things like that with his secondary players. But in terms of statements, there's no statement coming tonight. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, but it'll be fun. And I do think if you're the Lakers, aren't you looking forward to – I would imagine we'll see a lot of Taylor and Horton Tucker tonight, right? Like I want to see what, what the kid looks like. I mean, that's that's what I mean. Like, he's going to ball. He's going to play. The little flashes we saw in the, in the postseason had me hopeful because he's confident. He's confident the way that Kuz came in confident. 
The difference is, at least what I saw so far, you can tell me how you feel about this, George, is that right away I saw a comfort level with the basketball, dribbling the basketball that I don't see with Kuz. Mm-hmm. He oh, didn't my look, God, yeah. Uh, yeah. He didn't look uncomfortable dri- dribbling in traffic. He didn't mind that a second defender came over to try to, like, deter him or, you know, alter his shot. Mm-hmm. Like, he was very comfortable with the rock in his hand mm-hmm. in traffic in the paint. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that, and I was like going, yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to be a 20-point scorer, but right away you can tell he ain't afraid. He is the most intriguing player to me on this current roster in the sense of, uh, like, in this in this sense. In the sense of, I don't know what he is. You know what I mean? Like, everyone else on this roster, for the most part, you kind of know what they are, right? Like, you know, you know what they can do. You know what their skill set is. He is such a, like, he's a piece of clay right now. You know yep. what I mean? Where he needs to be molded. You need to kind of figure it out. But, my God, his tools are just intriguing, right? He's got these yep. long arms. He's got, like, the yep. wingspan of a seven-footer. He's, like, 6'5". His, like, upper torso, Taylor Horton Tucker, is, like, should be on someone who's, like, at least five or six inches taller, right? Yep. And his legs are fine. I'm not saying there, there's something wrong with him. But the way his upper torso and his arms look, it definitely looks like it should be someone who is closer to 6'9 or 6'10. It's weird, well, he but is, it's cool. He is 6'4 and listed yeah. at 234 pounds. Right. That's big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's big. Yeah. He's that thick. is He's thick. Exactly. With two Cs. With two Cs at the end. Yeah, 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 definitely two C's. Yeah. And he just turned 20 years old. Right. Like last month. Yeah. So the idea of a guy, with, to your point, with that wingspan and that size and that young being in practice and being groomed by the greatest, if certainly one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time, yeah. who plays your position basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, talk about a fantastic opportunity. So you just reminded me of something um, mm-hmm. that I don't know if I've said this before on the show because we haven't talked a lot about Taylor Horn Tucker, but you mentioned LeBron. And did you know that LeBron uh, very much took a big interest in Taylor Horton Tucker during his draft process two seasons ago and worked out with him regularly during that particular process? So the fact that he ended up becoming a Laker – uh, was certainly fortuitous, but wow! I, I there is a big brother, little brother thing there. So that is not while you were alluding to it. I am telling you that that is a thi- a real thing. Well, that is awesome for him, absolutely awesome for him. You know, because I always felt that Andrew Wiggins would have turned out to be a multi-time All Star and an amazing player if he had that same opportunity. He's a scone. He's a scone. <laughs> he's he's actually, you know what? He he's actually might scone. be a dozen scone. I was going to say, when you're drafted number one overall, yeah, and you clearly have talent that's intriguing, yeah. but no one can figure out how to unlock it on a consistent basis, you're a scone. Yeah, and by the way, for people who are just tuning in that Denier is talking about this seven minutes ago, uh, we were talking about breakfast foods, and we came up around scones, uh, discussing how scones are like, yeah, they're okay. They're not muffins. They're just like there. Um, you know, it's it kind of it's a muffin that turned out not so great. And right. Andrew Wiggins is a perfect example of that. That is a good point. Um, he's a scone. Now he's a rich ass scone. 
he is he's, a rich he's scone. Got, he's a he's a scone that got the bag. Yeah, that so. scone. If it's got a little chocolate in it, it's like Ghirardelli, right? It's like Godiva chocolate. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it, exactly. it's a nice scone. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that there is um, plenty of. Uh, of of scone in him, but I Taylor Norton Tucker and the LeBron thing is a real thing. So the other, who else are you looking forward to seeing tonight? So I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm interested in seeing what Ibaka looks like for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In terms of because they're know, playing he, their whole crew, the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well yeah. they should. Yeah, as well they should. And then obviously, you know, the starting lineup without AD and without LeBron. You know, I'm expecting Schroeder obviously to play. But is Kuz coming going to is going to start? Uh, I believe he's going to play. I think it's just LeBron and AD that will not be playing. Yeah, but I'm saying is he going to start? Where are they going to well, go? I, that I don't know, but I would imagine so. You know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to those things because, as you know, um, Vogel hasn't necessarily been real clear, definitive in terms of the starting lineup. Correct. And you know, obviously, we know what Schroeder wants, and you know, clearly Kuz has floated it out too. Mm-hmm. So are we going to see if both those guys start or is he going to go with one of the starting lineups that we saw in the postseason where yeah. it'd be maybe Caruso starts or maybe we see Keith starts? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't know if Keith will start, but maybe – I mean, it's the preseason. You can kind of mess around I mean, he started bit. in the postseason, so that's right. why I'm just like, let's see what sure. it is. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Coming up next, LZ, and by the way, mm-hmm. uh, at some point you were listening to KSB in Los Angeles. I'm sure – I don't know if it played or not before we started the show. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, you uh, – oh, Laura says you did. Oh, so Laura is here today. Laura is producing the show. We will. I want to talk to Laura uh, about a couple of things. But you and I, LZ, mm-hmm. we need to have a serious conversation about the Rams and an even more serious conversation about Jared Goff. Um and again, none of this, I think, is a bad thing. I don't want people to you know, have a negative connotation to what we're about to discuss. But I do think it is a very important and serious conversation, and I'm glad we're going to have it. Plus, Mina Kimes, our friend, will join us to talk football at 4.30. Our genius, million-dollar capable winning yes. Mina Kimes. Yes. Yes. yes, so she'll join us at 4.30. Short show today. We're on until 5.30 before we get to Lakers pregame uh, with playoff Sliwa and Michael Thompson. So stick around. But coming up next, let's get to this serious conversation about the Rams and golf. Sedano and LZ, back in two minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So, LZ, I don't want to go too far off the deep end because I haven't talked. uh, We didn't talk a lot of college football around here. But Arizona State and Arizona are playing on ESPN right now. And they're in in less than a minute – Arizona State has a 14-0 lead. I've never seen anything like that. So basically, they ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, and then they had a turnover for a touchdown. Already? Incredible. In less than a minute. That is incredible. All right, fine. I'll turn it on. Jeez. I mean, you're no Greg Bergman, that's I mean, for sure. You missed, you missed, you missed the good stuff already. I wouldn't turn it on. I was actually about to switch to to find like an NBA game, a preseason <laughs> game or something. But, um, but yeah, it, I just wow, it just like it happened during the commercial break. I was like, holy moly. Um, so anyway, 
You and I need to talk about Jared Goff and the Rams. Let's talk about let's talk about the Rams first, and we'll get to the Jared Goff part in a minute. Yo, the Rams defense. I know we had Aqib Talib on the other day, and yep. and Aqib, we love Aqib, and he said, "Look, I, I asked him which defense is better, the one you played on that went to the Super Bowl, or this one." And he said, "Look, this one's great, but I'm gonna always side with me and and our defense." <laughs> I don't know if that's you know I I don't I'm not trying to disrespect Akeeb. He is the man. We love him around here. I don't know if I feel the same way like that he does. <laughs> it, it it is a question, right? Um, I I have not gone back and looked at the statistics and and you know the the analysis of what transpired when we first went to the Super Bowl on the Sean McVay and what this defense looks like now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what the eyeball test. Um, this squad to me looks as if they're enjoying dominating more Mm -hmm. than the previous defense that we're speaking of with Tlaib and Mm -hmm. Marcus Peters and everyone else. Like last night they were having a party. Yeah. Oh yeah. A party. Yep. Yep. They were like celebrating sex, celebrating, (laughs) you know, obviously (laughs) – Obviously the pick six, but it was just, it looked as if they were like going, yeah, we that we that squad. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of those, uh, you know, Ray Lewis Raven squads, mm-hmm. or like you know the the Buck squad with Key and Marvin Sapp, and you know Marvin mm-hmm. Sapp, <laughs> Warren Sapp, Warren Sapp, Marvin yeah. Sapp's yeah, Marvin Sapp is a Christian singer, but yeah. more, but 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 I'm sure he was know. good at football too when he when he wanted. I'm to play. sure he was. Yeah. I'm sure he laughed, which is yeah. my point. That all Saps laugh, yeah. um, like that kind of energy was coming from them last night. Right. where they were openly almost mocking how inept the offense was compared to their defense. Right. It right. was beautiful to see. Yeah, it was I'm beautiful. with you wholeheartedly. Um, I, I thought it was unbelievable. So I, I'll tell you this. I do think it's better than that team that went to the Super Bowl. I think that they're winning in ways that that team did not win. That team, would you, would you say the team that went to the Super Bowl – I would classify them as a finesse team in a lot of ways. Would you have classified them that way? Um, offensively, yeah. I mean, just in general, yeah. you know, in general, uh, because yeah. because I mean, they were dictated by their offense. If it felt like more than anything yeah. else, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas this team whereas does not their have identity. That yeah, yeah. Their, their, their identity was the offense because the coverage, us included, was so focused in on what Sean McVay was bringing to the table, we didn't really spend a great deal of time celebrating Wade Phillips' defense. It was comparing them to the greatest show on turf. It was, you know, McGenius. It was all of that energy. And so it's offensive-driven. And the offense that we had, even though we had a great running back in Todd Gurley, to your point, wasn't one of those smash mouth, we're going to run this football down your throat like Derrick Henry, physical kind of offenses. It was screen passes, get a big play here, you know, sort of. Those were the highlights of that offense. To your point, from the way we run the football with Cam, our cam, not their cam. Right. And that defense, the physicality of the defense, you are 1 billion percent correct. This is a much more physical smash mouth, we ain't here for your ish kind of team. And I'm thrilled to see it because that's the kind of team that wins the Super Bowl 
finesse teams like Peyton Manning's Denver Nuggets team, Denver Rock, Denver Broncos, they're so in Denver's. <laughs> that team was a pretty team with a defense. And the Rams was like that. But the smash mouth defensive team that carried Peyton to the championship and is carrying this Rams team to heights, this is a physical, in-your-face, Debo, shouts out to you, homie, kind of team. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I'm with you. By the way, yeah, shouts out. Rest in peace, Debo, man. Was yeah, he man. the Was he the best, cool, like, fun not maybe not fun, but like coolest villain in like a movie like that, like a comedy ever. Oh man, you know I didn't even see him as a villain. I gotta reassess that because that speaks to my character. Not seeing Debo as a villain. Yeah, I was ready to whoop people's asses. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he was, he was just like one of my boys from the hood. We, you know, we all had a bully who bullied us in middle school, who bullied bullied us in and you know high school. And in his own way, continued to bully us as adults. Debo, the character, was just, you know, more in your face about it. But the the, the bullies are always there. So I don't see him as a as a antagonist. I just saw him as, you know, oh, I know you. You peanut over in, you know, Van Dyke. Right. <laughs> or whatever <laughs> street it was. That's funny. That's funny. But, yeah, like, I so with the Jared Goff thing, and I, I want to ask you this before Mina comes on. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a very simple question. Do you believe Jared Goff, who did not necessarily have a great game yesterday, but Cam Akers was incredible, okay? Do you believe mm-hmm. Jared Goff can make the critical plays when the the games count the most? I believe Jared Goff has already proven that he does make those plays. So um, I guess my answer is he's already done it. <laughs> you know, I, I was there. I saw him. But do you feel confident in him? Yeah, I do. I feel confident that he's able to do that. Now, I will say this, though. You know very early on in the game if it's going to be one of those games where he'll he'll have the time to do it. Right. But I have no question that if he has time, he's going to shred you in the closing minutes, closing seconds of games, because he's done it. Right. He did it this year against the Bills. I know we didn't win, but it wasn't because Jared Goff didn't march us down the field against a really good defense on the road and make all the throws that he needed to make in order to put us in a position to win. Right, but we could flip that around and say the first half of that game was kind of a mess. Yeah, but that wasn't the question. The question was, do I believe Jared Goff can make the right plays at the critical moments of games that get us over the top? So are you saying critical moments only happen in the second half? Well, I don't know any critical moments in the first quarter. Oh, I mean, I think you could. Ha- <laughs> I think a cri- you could lose a game in the first quarter for sure. I think if you lose a game in the first quarter, your football team sucks. Well, I don't know if it's like a very like. What if you're you're talking about two evenly matched teams? Like you don't like in football, you don't think you can lose a game in the first quarter? I think, I, think in, I think in the first I think in the first quarter a tone can be set. But if you can't figure out how to change the tone or change the dynamic over the next three quarters, then you probably don't have a good football game. Like or, let me ask or team you, look, or you're just completely overmatched. Right. I mean Arizona, granted, they are a bad football team at 0 and 4, but you, uh, down 14 nothing and Arizona State's got the ball again <laughs> with 11:51 <laughs> to go in the first. Like they they're probably going to lose this game, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. 
I don't. I don't know. I don't pay attention to Arizona State, despite her. No, being no, there. I know. I'm just using that as an example because it was just <laughs> no. literally what we were just talking about a second ago. No, no, good football teams. I mean, we've seen Tom Brady be down. What? what how many points was he down against the freaking Falcons? Three. Twenty-eight to three. Yeah. But what does a good football team typically do over the course of multiple quarters? Figure it out. Yeah. So, no, I don't believe a first quarter dictates what's going to happen, but I do believe that if it's a critical one-possession game and it's a fourth quarter, that Jared Goff is the kind of quarterback that can tie that game up. Or is the quarterback that has already proven that whether he's up or down or the road or on the home, whether it's facing Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, whether it's facing Tom Brady and the Bucks, or Bill Belichick right here at home, he ain't scared. He may not always win, but he ain't scared. And he is more than capable of making the plays because we've all seen them. All of us. We've seen Jared Goff come through, which is why when he doesn't come through, we're frustrated. Yeah, because I just think the lack of consistency is a thing. But we'll ask Mina about that. She's going to join us in a couple of minutes. Uh, We will talk to her. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Short show today, taking you up to 530 because we've got Lakers preseason game number one against the Clippers. Make sure you keep it locked here. Our coverage again begins at 5.30 with the pregame show. Game will tip uh, at around 7, I believe, 7, 7.30. But our friend Mina Kimes joins us here now. We were just talking about Jared Goff and the Rams and their win yesterday against the New England Patriots. Um, Mina, before we get into that, LZ and I were talking about breakfast food. And (laughs) we were talking about how scones – to us, at least, and I'm curious to see your thoughts on scones or hear your thoughts on scones. It feels like a muffin that just kind of went south. Um, a, how do you feel about scones? And B, if you were to pick a football player, a quarterback, that by our definition was a player that you had great expectations for to be a great, a, a great breakfast muffin, but literally turned into a scone, uh, who would you pick to be that person? Well, the natural choice would be Carson Wentz, right? Ooh. Yeah, yeah he's a scone. Yeah, from yeah. He's a MVP caliber season to being benched for a second-round pick. I will say, though, I don't agree with you. I actually like scones better than muffins. I Whoa. like the hard part of a muffin, um, like at the top, and that's the top? pretty much it. So to me, scones are like they're the best parts of a muffin, and then when they have like chocolate chips in them, that's perfect. I agree with you, Mina. Typically, I like hard tops for muffins as well. However, um, I also enjoy digging through and getting oh, to the bottom of the muffin. Yes. That's kind of like baked into the into the paper of oh, the muffin. Oh, yeah. You got to peel that thing off. You got to peel it off. And every now and then, Mina, every now and then, because I ain't afraid to say it, if I'm driving and eating a muffin, I just put all the paper in my mouth, too, and spit it out. Ah! Ah! Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, 
Well, you know, I, I'm in my car with Lenny, my dog, and I've seen him do that. He uh, <laughs> has gone through my refuse and done the same thing to rappers, so I definitely understand the appeal. Did you just, <laughs> did you just compare me to your scavenger mutt? How dare you? Oh, your whoa. Habits, you, you, got, to be you guys specific. are going to fight. You guys are going to fight. You call them a scavenger mutt. That is a, and, that is a super dog, Lenny. okay? So you, it's an honor to be compared to Lenny. Yeah, there you oh, go. Man, there you go. Fine, uh, fine. All right, Mina. So the Rams, like if you were ranking teams in the yeah. NFC, where are they right now? They're number two behind the Saints for me. Um the Rams, we talked about them today on NFL Live. Catch it every day, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, we talked about one Pacific. Kind of one Pacific. Oh, pardon me. One Pacific. Oh, fatal error, especially for Rams fans. But, um, you know, for me, they're a, they're a very balanced team with an elite defense, but their offense is a bit matchup dependent. So how far they get in the playoffs will depend in part on the path they take and the teams they get to face. Um, you know, when they're facing it, I, I actually thought, and part of the reason I picked them to win this game, I, I didn't expect them to win by as much as they did, is I thought the Patriots' defense, which is a bit on the lighter side, was an excellent matchup for, um, you know, this run-heavy team that has receivers who block. Sean McVay used a lot of 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field last night. It was a good matchup, so it wasn't surprising that they succeeded. But I think, you know, against teams... With a better pass rush than New England, you could see some of the struggles that have popped up occasionally with Jared Goff this season. And I mean, Jared Goff didn't really do much last night; didn't have to. Um, but you you're, you want to hope that they play teams like honestly, like Green Bay, where they also have a weak run defense and they can continue dictating on offense. You know, I know that the Saints are on this tremendous win streak, and they have talent, and they have a great coach. And they have all the things that you want to check when it comes to, you know, can this team make it to the Super Bowl? But because they've only been once, and they've only been once, and they tend to blow it when they get in the postseason for a variety of different ways, whether it's against Minnesota, whether it's against the Rams, you know, what have you, I actually have the Rams as the top 10 in the NFC because I believe that they've proven over and over again now, that when situations get tight, they can come through on the other side victorious. In other words, if they have the ball at the last minute, they tend to score, whereas New Orleans, over and over again, for whatever reasons, tend to turn the ball over. I think it's fair. I think, you know, the Saints' lack of postseason success over the last two years has been uh, because Drew Brees has tailed off at the end of the season. And so the case for the Saints is predicated on the idea that when he does come back, um, and I, I don't think it's going to be this week, but soon, he will look like he did at his best this season. He obviously doesn't throw the ball deep very much, but underneath he's extremely accurate. And with Sean Payton's scheme and the skill players they have, that's enough. Now that's an if, right? Because we've seen two seasons now where Drew Brees has turned into a pumpkin at the end of the mm-hmm. year. And if that happens, um, then the Rams are the number one team in my eyes. 
Mina Kimes hanging out with us here. Check her out on NFL Live, 1 Pacific every afternoon on ESPN Television. Of course, the Mina Kimes show with Lenny is her fantastic football podcast. Uh, She gave up the ESPN Daily because Pablo Torre actually needed something to do. Uh, So she was kind enough to give up the ESPN Daily uh, for her hated rival, Pablo Torre. You're very kind of you, by the way, Mina. Oh, thank you. I, I, I heard that you actually gave it up so that you can study to get all the right Jeopardy questions right. Is that oh, true? <laughs> there you go. It was who wants to be a millionaire, I believe. Oh, actually. who wants to be a millionaire? Yes, there we go. Yes. That's true. You know. So are, are you getting uh, a cut? You just get things. You get lucky. Yeah. Did you get that? Like, are you getting a cut? By the way, the, the way you ended the call was funny. You were like, whatever the answer was, Jackson or whatever you said. And you're like, I think or I guess. It was like, wasn't very <laughs> definitive by you. Um, so for those who don't know, who are listening, uh, not to go full radio on you guys, but um, I was lucky enough to be a lifeline for my friend David Chang, who's a chef on a Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So it was for charity, LZ, so I did not get ah, a cut. But, yeah. um, I mean, you're a charity if you want to be. There's Lenny, you know, Lenny's dogs, Lenny's pups, right? I don't know. Yeah. Set up an LLC uh, or something. King. Lenny lives large. Lenny doesn't need charity, but... Yeah. Uh, in any case, the answer was Benjamin Harrison, but I said it's probably Benjamin Harrison. So I didn't right. do my friend any favors. <laughs> <laughs> we actually did play the audio the day after it happened, which was pretty funny stuff. Oh, but, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I sounded so nervous, probably. You you nice. definitely didn't sound authoritative. Like, you know, we, we, we love to talk to you about, like, um, you, over the years, because you weren't a natural or, or someone, you worked in the business world, like you weren't a sports person. So, like, I, I always laughed when they used to work with you on the Lebertard show about your definitiveness in your hot takes, right? And, like, you've become the hot take queen. Like, we love it. Yeah. And, and it felt like in that instance, you were, you were, you were, you had reverted back to the person before all your teachings. Um, I, I don't know if I'm the hot take queen, but I have become more definitive because um, it turns out saying maybe the Cardinals will win is not great television. So right. <laughs> I know, I, I've also um, just gotten, I think, more time, and this is part of the, going from you know ESPN Daily and all these various shows to doing the NFL. I've gotten more time to focus on studying the NFL, so my opinions are a little bit more definitive. If you guys want to throw any... Any like questions? I mean, I'm not. Okay, gonna, let's uh, do this right now. Like, do it right now. Give me, okay. Give, give me the hottest take you've got right now on the NFL. Right now, go. The hottest take. Okay, um, Deshaun Watson belongs in the MVP conversation because he's doing the most with the least. Whoa, that's pretty hot. His team sucks. Thank you. His team yeah. sucks. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, suck. No, he's really good though. You're right. He's really good. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you the question they asked you guys on NFL Live. Okay. Do you believe, because I was watching today, I do watch every day. Uh, do you oh, believe you. Jared Goff can make the critical plays when they count the most, Mina Kimes? Uh, okay. So I'm going to do the opposite of what I just said. I said I would be definitive, and I've gotten better <laughs> at that. I'm now going to wildly hedge and say that it depends on the competition. Uh, it depends on the pass rush. I have not seen from Jared Goff this year that he can consistently play well in the face of pressure. However, I do believe there is a path to the playoffs where that's not something he has to uh, deal with that much. I also believe that the Rams' defense is so good, and I think they're, they're one of the best defenses in the NFL, Jared Goff doesn't have to do a lot for them to win. Obviously, he proved that last night. 
you know, threw for, yeah. I believe, less than 150 yards. Um, now, when he did throw and got those first downs with his arms, they were critical, 30 longs and things of that nature. I would agree with you that in the face of consistent pressure, um, he, like most of the quarterbacks in the, in the league, uh, doesn't necessarily give me the greatest of confidence. But on his head, he has come back and won games or continue to hold on to leads in games against teams that are surging in the second half enough times for me to believe in him. He's beaten Aaron Rodgers' Packers after being down by double digits. He's beaten Tom Brady. He's beaten uh, Drew Brees at Drew Brees' house. So, like, he beat the big three, and then you can toss in going toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, and I'm like going, which QB is left? <laughs> Who Who's yeah. left that he needs to prove himself whether or not he can go toe-to-toe or lead a comeback against? Because he had double-digit deficits against Dallas and won. He's had double-digit deficits against the Packers and won, against New Orleans in New Orleans and won. Like, what more do we want from him? Well, I think this year we just want to see him beat a good defense that uh, brings – Consistent pass pressure, or pressure, pardon me. Um, and, you know, like I said, it, it really is going to come down to the seeding. Seeding matters so much this year. The path to the postseason, who you play, matters more than ever for the NFC. The AFC is pretty cut and dried. I think the Chiefs are just far away. For, I'd go Chiefs, Bills, Steelers. But the yep. NFC, it, it, it's all about matchups. And the Rams, I, you know, like I don't, I, if I'm a Rams fan, I don't want to play the Saints. I do want to play the Packers. I am so not afraid of the Saints. <laughs> we'll I'm see, man. so I'm so not afraid of the Saints. Like I'm so comfortable at the idea of facing the Saints. I'm actually more concerned about maybe the Giants than I am the Saints. Their defense is good. Because the their defense is good. No, Saints are too, obviously. But I think uh, the Giants Saints. is a surprise. You know. The, the Giants' defense is better than expected, but the Saints' defense is in much like the Rams' defense is in another stratosphere. Yeah, it, it's really yeah. good. Um, yeah. How is Lenny dealing with the stay, new stay-at-home orders? Is he okay? He's okay. We're actually in the car right now. I just picked him up from daycare. Uh, he's being a little surly, but but you know we, we're making do. Take shorter yeah. walks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Mina, thank you so much for the time. Um, we know you're very busy. Uh, we appreciate it as always, and have a great weekend. You too. Bye, guys. See ya. Thank you. There she is. Mina Kimes with us here. Mina Kimes. Uh, All right. Coming up next, LZ, perhaps you've heard Paul George signed a new contract, and he said words. Words were said. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But before that, Sanaki is coming to town. Caller number seven right now at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We'll get a chance to pick from our... 710 chimney and all the different stockings so be color seven now and we will get to you in just a moment hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt Stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in present select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, uh, yeah. Santa Key is here. And we have caller number seven on the line, Paul Mesner from Orange County. Paul, congratulations. Yo, yo. Thank yo, you. Yo. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the station. So here's the deal. We got our 710 chimney. We got all the stockings uh, from all the different personalities, the Keyshawn stocking, uh, Greeny, Max Kellerman. There's a Mason one, an Ireland one, an LZ one, one for me, one for playoffs, Lewa, and one for Kaplan. Who are you picking? I got to go with my man, LZ. All right, let's do it. That's right. It's the LZ stocking above the 710 fireplace. Okay, let's see what's inside the stocking. Congratulations, you win a $100 gift card to LakersStore.com to stock up on all your Lakers goodies. Damn, LZ, you hooked him up. Congratulations. You're welcome, brother. You you can send me my cut later. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. Thanks, LZ. All right, Paul. What is your favorite radio station, Paul? Tell us. ESPN LA 710, baby. Yes, sir. Thank you. Happy holidays. We'll put you on hold. They'll finish taking your information if they need anything else. But congratulations. Happy holidays. Stay safe. There you go. Uh, Paul Messner, Orange County. Another satisfied customer, LZ. I'm really, really happy that, uh, you know, I was able to hook them up for the holidays. Yeah, you did a good job there. Yeah, you know, it's little things, George. It's little things. Yeah. So, real quick on Paul George. Speaking of the little things. Still? I mean, um, Although there's some big things with Paul George. Uh, he's getting paid. There's that. Um, but but here's the deal. And we've talked about this before. This isn't the first time we'll have this conversation. But I tweeted this out yesterday. And, of course, there was uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of interaction with this particular tweet that I put out yesterday when Paul George signed his contract. And I said, I simply wrote, did Paul George have a, po- a poor postseason? Yes. He did come off. Double shoulder surgery and a slew of injuries. Uh, I saw that guy battle a great team in the Eastern Conference Finals, back-to-back years, in his early 20s. Not to mention, two seasons ago, he was third in the MVP vote. You can get the jokes off. It doesn't change that he's good. Now, that, that also doesn't mean that we can't be critical of him, which, again, I think is, is something you and I have done. But I do think that there comes a point where it's like, you know, it borders on the ridiculous, the type of grief he gets, even though some of it, some of it is his own doing. Um, like, I don't know where he is right now in the basketball world, you know, sort of hierarchy. Because to your point, he's still really good. Yeah. I mean, I know that we, you know, like to clown him for what he says. But he's still really a really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think he's a number one. Correct. And I'm not sure if he's a number two. But I know he's a really good number three. And I think the problem is, is that for a lot of people, he talks like a number one with multiple rings. He's paid like a number one who's going to give you multiple rings. Mm-hmm. And yet there's been nothing in his career that makes you think that multiple rings are coming. He's 31. He's never been to a finals. He barely made the playoffs like the last couple of years when he was paired with another future Hall of Famer. And so I think a lot of people don't know what to do with him because of that. And that has led them to say some things about him as a player 
that I think are disparaging, but at the same time, he's not that dude that he likes to say he is. Yeah, and look, maybe maybe that he still ha- – I still think he has time to disprove some of that, right? I don't think he's old by any stretch of the imagination, not even for basketball, you know? No, like, he's, I, he's not a finished product, but you kind of know what this product oh, is. Oh, no, no, no. I, I know what he is as far as like um, – and he's 30, by the way. He's 30. I wanted to double-check that. Okay. Um, he is 30. Um, but I, I don't think – I think he is – here's what I would say. I think that Paul George is a finished product in this regard. As far as his game, and we've seen his game, depending on where he's at, right, where what, what team he's on, what the roster looks around him, I think that he has shown us the propensity to do pretty much everything at a very high level. Uh, whether that's on offense or defense. I think that the issue that has become more prevalent is what we just discussed with Mina about Jared Goff. In the moments of truth, right, is he able to show up in a big way? And it's mind-boggling to me, LZ, that someone like him, who I, again, to repeat, I saw him do this in his early 20s, right? Like, forget about, like, you know, now. I'm talking about, when he was 23 and 24 years old, he was going toe-to-toe with LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he was going toe-to-toe. Oh, no, 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 LZ. I was there, man. I don't like, care. I don't. I, I, I watched the games, too. I'm this dude did you. not go toe-to-toe. No. Yes, yes, he did. Go back and look he, at those games. Go look at, the, go look at the box scores. I am telling you, LeBron, Le, LeBron had to guard him every single play, and vice oh, versa. I get, I, 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 I get that part of it, but at no point – that I feel as if Paul George was challenging him for supremacy on the court. And every single minute, even though LeBron had the ball against him, I didn't say it was easy, but at every single point, there was no question Bron was better. Easily. And even down to like the last second game when he shot that LeBron hit, Paul George overplayed a steal and basically let LeBron James get to the basket with seconds left for a game-winning yes, layup. I, I remember. He gambled for a steal. And right, and, but, was, and you're just like, bruh, but, why aren't you just making LeBron shoot a jumper? <laughs> like little things like that uh, where it's agreed. like – But like, here's what I'm saying. But he did – if you look at those totals in those games and how Indi- – Indiana had no business being in those games, okay? He had them in those games. So, nonetheless, we could, I don't want to argue over semantics. What I'm right. saying is he was the best player on a team that was within one game of the NBA Finals at a very young age. So, yep. my point is it is mind-boggling to me that this is the player that he's turned into. Now, look, could it have been the busted leg, which was arguably one of the most gruesome injuries we've seen in a long time? Could it have been – um, the, all the other injuries that have then come since, right? But we've seen the we saw the glimpses two seasons ago. He was finished third of the MVP. He was amazing. Um, Russ was not very amazing that year, but he was. So, like, I am not selling Paul George stock. Is basically my point. Um. So his last three seasons, I'm looking now. He has not shot 44 percent from the field, and if you go beyond that, as I'm looking now. Um, he has shot 44% from the field one, two, three times. Right. But he's also shooting I, I can't, I almost can't, 40 I can't, from three, though. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I can't with that, though, dog. <laughs> I just I, – I mean, you could put up a poll, 
But I, I can't I, I can't even begin to think that a player like Paul George, who's talented, there's no doubt about it, but you can't hit 44% of your shot at no point over the last three seasons? Three seasons? Four out of the past five seasons? Five out of the past six? Six out of the past seven? Seven out of the past eight seasons, he hasn't even hit 44% of his shots. What are we doing here? I mean, LZ, you, I, I mean, I can tell you years where Kobe Bryant didn't hit 44% of his shots. Maybe not, not that, not, not a stretch that long, <laughs> but I can name several in his prime where that happened. So I think a lot of that also depends on your, you know, individual situations. I don't think you can look at that as just in its, to- like, there, there have to be circumstances involved there, you know? Yeah, he keeps missing. No. That's the circumstance. I mean, LZ, he's, he's a 41% shooter from three last year, 39 the year before, 40 the year before, almost 39 the year before that, 37, 41. Like, he, that guy can score, man. No, I didn't say he couldn't score. He can score the way that James Harden can score, not efficiently. And when you're trying to win a championship, I believe your number one scoring option shouldn't just be the leading scorer, but it should also be the most efficient scorer. Meaning, you feel good when you're passing the ball as opposed to you're passing the ball because he's your best player. I think those are two different things. And also, I also believe that when you look at his ability to knock down quote-unquote clutch shots, however they're defined, um, you also see that you know, lacking any inconsistency. So while I don't think fans and people who are trashing him are accurate, he's a really talented player. The way that he talks about himself, I think, is the reason why he gets clowned as much as he does because we can see with our eyes, the eyeball test, he ain't what he thinks he is. Uh, no, I that part I agree. I just feel like I don't understand the trajectory that his career has taken, even though I guess you can explain it away in a, in a number of ways with the injuries. Let's continue this on the other side. Let's have – because we're way over the break, and Laura's getting nervous, and we need to break. Um, so <laughs> we can scared, continue girl. this. It's okay. We can open up the phones at 877-710-ESPN+. Plus, plus, you and I are going to touch on the Lakers, who opened with the Clippers tonight in preseason, and what – goes into tonight's contest. Plus, there are some anonymous executives saying some things about the Lakers, and we'll discuss how accurate or inaccurate they may be. All coming up in three minutes.